to us. Fires, touchdown Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play. They get it. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I guess it's time to say we're back for your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, well, we have more of this. Oh, yes! Football! We're back! Football is back! Back in action! My favorite part about that is Christian's one-on-one by himself over off to the side with the pads, the tackling dummies, talking to himself about how excited he is that football's back. I can't get enough of that guy. We are back on the field for day two of training camp with another media availability from coach Mike McDaniel, sound from Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and much, much more, including new Dolphins receiver Muhammad Sanu, plus... Our practice notes are aplenty. We'll get into the plays and performances of the day and much, much more from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. That's So we kick off this episode of Drive Time, the Thursday, July 28th episode, day two of practice in the books, and Waddle, Jalen Waddle, was out there in the orange jersey today after Alec Ingold earned the orange jersey for his work to get back from the injury, the rehab work he put in for day one of camp. Quite frankly, Jalen could have taken it home again for Friday's practice. We'll find out about that sometime tomorrow at practice. Before we get to any of that, let's go ahead and start here with Mike McDaniel and another day of what I would just call instructive content from the man in charge around here. And as someone that finds myself, you know, deep into ponderous thoughts about meticulous details pretty much every single night when the little girl goes to bed and I'm kind of left alone to my thoughts, I absolutely love when coach takes us inside his mind and his thinking like right here, for example, here is coach talking about the balance of aggressiveness when you might dial it back and ultimately the understanding of the importance of complimentary football. Here's coach McDaniel. I'm very careful to not make an absolute because um, I think it's important to, to kind of evaluate um, the scenario in all, all given circumstances case in point when so by nature I'm an aggressive aggressive guy when it comes to football and 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 like to utilize and make make big plays and um utilize speed and all that stuff but you know there was a transition an experience that really stood out in 2019 it was the first time that we'd um ever coached offense and had a top 10 defense when you had that there were certain games um that you, you realize that being aggressive might be an unnecessary risk if the defense isn't going to allow a point why give them an opportunity. So I think it's important to, to not pigeonhole yourself. I also think that's a competitive advantage for the Miami Dolphins because if you have just a type cast of like how you operate, um, the other team gets paid too, and defensive coordinators probably know that pattern. So I think it, that's the value of um, approaching each and every situation independently. Um, I know that I'm aggressive, but I have to 
take in consideration all things. It's not about offensive stats. It's about winning the football game. And if winning the football game is 3-0, you know, there's no asterisks on that W. I mean, it reminds me of when Coach did drive time, and I can't remember if it was just him when I talked to Coach or if it was him and Chris Greer on drive time, but he talked about, you know, if we win a game scoring 10 points, that's great, but if we have to score, you know, something like 42, that's also fine. And I just think that's awesome for obvious reasons, but also this, because he was asked a follow-up to something that Tua said on Wednesday in his media availability about being hard on himself and if Coach had any tips or learning experiences that he could impart on Tua about and not being less critical, but just how to deal with the adversity that everybody in football is going to face at some point. This game will humble you, right? Here's Coach on his tips for Tua on how to deal with adversity and how to understand it's a collective and never on the individual. Uh, I actually, ex- I did give him a tip. There was a, um, a part in my career where, um, you know, I was contributing to, uh, the offensive game plan, um, and you know, my I, I was I was amongst the team. The team was experiencing a lot of success um, at the time, and my particular uh, there were some good games we had, um, specifically in my portion of the game plan. And then um, you know, it was it was a couple weeks. I was younger in my career, and I started feeling pretty good about myself. Um, and then all of a sudden. Um, we had a poor performance, didn't produce, um, and I got in the tank, and we still won. And I felt like I let the team down. And then I didn't realize, I didn't realize until feeling that how I was totally wrong to begin with, that, that for me to sit here and think that, it, for anyone to think that you're the reason you win or lose, you don't get the big picture. Um, and so for you to sit there and and be hard on yourself, what is that doing for your teammates? Is that making you better? I'm cool if it makes you better, which is why it's cool to be accountable, but you all of a sudden start going off the rails. Dude, it doesn't matter. People are depending on you. If you make all the plays you want to or not, you still, regardless, you might have the perfect game. We might not win. It's not about that. It's about being your best, but also relying on your teammates, and when you don't do well or in my case, when I come up with a game plan that is trash, um, that that isn't all on me. Players still have to play, um, and and it's not it's nothing individually. It's all collective, um, and, and that's the biggest lesson that I've been able to tell him. I think a lot of us as football fans can take a lesson from that tip from Coach McDaniel about the collective nature of the sport. You're not watching tennis. You're not watching golf. You're not watching boxing. You're not watching sports that are just one person. It's a lot of people that go, that put a lot of work into this and it's a collective effort as coach talks about there. Next up here, another piece that kind of continues a thread that we've sort of followed here talking about coaches proclivity to use these practice sessions to simulate game day situations. Here he is talking about the communication between himself, the play caller, and his quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, on game days and how they're already working to get that communication streamlined through the walkie-talkie helmet system. Well, you'll be happy to know that um, work on it every day. That's uh, why you'll see me communicating with the walkie-talkie. That's what's simulating that, um, that we communicate as much as possible in, in that vein, speaker to ear. And... They get comfortable hearing, you know, the way that sounds. Um, 
is, uh, you know, words can sound alike. X's sound like F's. You got to get used to how, uh, how people talk and you have to get reps and mess it up. And every day, that's why, that's why we do it in that fashion. So um, we're prepared to communicate to each other on game day coming week one. There was also a really fun dialogue and back and forth about some philosophy points in regards to the offensive line, you know, the approach of acquiring players with multiple skill sets, multiple position flexibility. And it began with this question regarding the Connor Williams addition this offseason. And coaches alluded to this before about the center position being one that gives a player a different lens, a different perspective to see the entire menu a defense can offer the fronts and obviously you know Connor Williams is a guy that we talked about this when we brought him in here movement skills intelligence a guy that was uh, like a 3.7 student at Texas got into one of the toughest business schools to get into there when he was a Longhorn just a really bright dude so here is coach McDaniel talking about the acquisition of Connor Williams and what the team saw from him with that flexibility and the potential he gave them to play multiple spots up front exactly we weren't we weren't signing him to be necessarily a center. We were signing an offensive lineman. And we thought his skill set um, would best be utilized at the center position um, with him only having limited reps um, at it. We, we wanted to give him a full opportunity um, to, to make what we think what we know. Um, but first and foremost, it wasn't, we weren't going after Connor because it was like, hey, we can. This guy is a center. We think he is a good offensive lineman that can play multiple positions. That that that's why those type of signings are intriguing because you can you can try stuff and we're gonna do. I know he's gonna do everything that to be the best that he can be at that position. But if the team is better off with him at another position, that's the great thing about Connor is that. He's learning the offense um, from the inside out at the position where you learn everything, the center position. Yeah, I just can't love that enough. And then a follow-up here about what McDaniel and this Dolphin staff is looking for out of that position up front in the pivot at the center spot. Everybody at every position wants the biggest, fastest, strongest. Um, he, and so you, you want someone um, that can really move. You don't always have to move. Um, to be an effective center. There's multiple ways of being a productive player. Um, but in an ideal world, um, you can uh, do the best job uh, attacking a defense if you have some athleticism at the position. Um, and then you have some strength because it's co- close quarters contact a lot of times. You have someone breathing on you um, as close to the ball as any other player on the line of scrimmage. Um, and then, And then you then you have to learn more about them and you have to, you have to learn, they have to make line calls that uh, five other or four other players plus tight ends and um, are depending on so that we're all on the same page. That orchestration, especially in a modern day NFL is tough. So you have to, you have to know a component of their mental capability as well, which is why Connor was so um, attracted to us because you know, it's house money that's an NFL guard or center in our opinion. And so I wanted to keep a close eye on Williams in practice today and get a feel for that. And I think, I think it makes perfect sense when you watch him execute reach blocks, right? Where, where the guy that you have to get outside of has you outflanked in his pre-snap alignment. 
And it puts a massive emphasis on the first step, and Connor Williams really fires out of his stance well to get that position and win the leverage, ultimately, which is how you win in football. And there's a lot of that on his Cowboys tape, too. We'll come back to Connor Williams in the practice notes. We have two more quotes I want to get to here. Again, we're going to use these a lot because we can't possibly teach you more than what coach has to say. Let's go here about offensive line play, continuity, and what has encouraged him about this group so far here in training camp 2022, but also OTAs going back to the spring. Um, that it, it was the, high, it, the highs and lows, to be honest, because, again, we were going against a scheme that was working, that was working on building upon what they'd done last year and they'd been doing for the last couple of years. So in that, day one um, and without, their, their techniques – you know, they're used to doing it. Reps, right? So um, in, the, in that process, you, you, you know that they're at a competitive advantage at the very beginning, the first time you step on the field. And then once that happens for one day, you're like, yeah, you have the out. Then how do you respond? How do you correct stuff? That's the nature of the business we're in. And not that anything was perfect. It was that individuals were responding to failures and correcting mistakes, which is why you're encouraged moving forward. Um, and each and every player has that opportunity um, every, every snap. So that's why even if it's also not the biggest deal in the world and unheard of to have guys on the second and third team move up at any position as well. So you're just trying to keep competition um, high, get the best out of people and, um, make sure that, that, that guys are giving their best effort and getting better each and every day. There you go. Let's go ahead and finish up with one more here for Coach McDaniel talking about his thoughts on day one and practicing with a purpose. Thoughts. I had several thoughts. Um, but, like, I was very happy with day one because it was a purposeful practice. To me, um, you, you can't – to say it was – a good practice to me is that the practice was worth something moving forward, meaning that both teams had – or both sides of the ball had their best intent, so you got an actual um, physical or physiological rep in the process. And if, it, if you weren't successful, then you can actually get a – you can steal like – you won't have to learn that lesson in a game when you're running full speed. So as long as that's happening, um, if we want – you know, all of, our, all of our guys want to be a very good team. Very good teams are, by nature, going to have in, inner practice adversity because both sides of the ball should be good. So, you know, they get paid, they get paid too, basically. So I was happy from that standpoint, and um, I feel like it put us in a position to get better today. And so then today um, kind of will – I'll be able to validate that, hey, yesterday was a real good practice from that standpoint. And the way that I hope the Miami Dolphins um, practice moving forward is that both sides of the ball, um, just, like, just like any game with two really good teams, both sides of the ball um, make their plays, but also um, handle adversity and go through it, which is what we're getting reps in the hot sweat outside every day. 
So there you go up on the team YouTube channel. You can find the entirety of that press conference with Coach McDaniel and the rest of our guys that spoke to the media today. Let's go ahead and take our first break and come back with the practice notes from Thursday, day two at camp here, Miami Dolphins training camp. Your host, Travis Wingfield, Drive Time Podcast brought to you by Auto Nation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Back here on a Thursday edition of the Drive Time Podcast, day two of training camp, and I think we start today, well, I want to start with the wideouts, but since that goes in line with quarterback play so much, we'll go ahead and start there and pair it together. Sound good? So anticipation was the word today as far as Tua's day went. I thought there was one throw that really stood out above the rest. It was a 20-ish or so yard throw. It's so tough to track that when you're watching so many other things. 20-ish yard throw where Tyreek gets a free release off the line. Don't do that. That's, that's asking for trouble. And man, you just feel his and Waddle's speed and the urgency they create in the defensive backs. And in this instance, you have a deep safety who has to honor the possibility that Tyreek could just stay on that stem and carry the route all the way to a go route, right? A nine route. But what happened that really impressed me was the same instance that the safety gives ground to account for that possibility. Tua then fires the football to a spot. And Tyreek slams on the brakes, makes his break towards the football. And the intersection of the route and the pass marry up perfectly. Very, very nice looking ball there. Very nice looking play with anticipation to take advantage of the speed and the threat of that speed to create windows underneath, not just for others, but for yourself. And he did this a few times today, Tua did with Tyreek, where he's fitting it into a bracket or throwing to space away from coverage, consistent with anticipation and placement. They also connected on a 40-yard pass, where I thought this was a very impressive sight adjustment made from Tua and Tyreek, because Tua takes his drop and lets this thing fly. But Nick Needham, who had a hell of a day today, and does a fantastic job on this play of staying on top of Tyreek Hill, Remember, if it's even, he's leaving. If the DB's on top of the receiver, don't throw it over them. Throw it to where the DB has to go through the receiver. Because if it's a traditional run as fast as you can, I'll throw it as far as I can, take off, then Nick Needham probably has a play on the ball. But Tua throws it away from where Needham is, and Tyreek adjusts and comes back and makes a play on a contested catch for 40 yards. I'm not going to complain about 40-yard plays ever. They're great. We need a lot more of those than we had the last couple of years. It was another day of some really intermediate rips for the quarterbacks. I've been really pleased with that aspect of these first two practices. Teddy threw an absolute dime of a deep ball of his own, but it went just off the outstretched fingers of his receivers. That was his best throw of the day. And then Skylar Thompson had some moments, but some exchange uh, center quarterback exchange issues kind of bogged that down a little bit too. Back to the receivers, Hill and Waddle, man. Waddle was in the orange jersey, and he could honestly be back in it again tomorrow. That guy, man, watching individual drills... Waddle comes off the line with such purpose and then is gone in a flash and it carried over into the team period on a simple five-yard route. That's why I love watching the individuals carry over into the actual team portion. His quick release immediately flips the hips of the cornerback because you have to, again, you have to get depth because if you don't, you could pay the ultimate price. We'll take five-yard catches over 70-yard catches on defense. 
but then Waddle slams on the brakes, and it's a clear five-yard separation on a five-yard route. <laughs> it's insane. Then he had the catch that you saw on social where he's wide open. He's just, he creates another big gap between him and the defender, but the ball drips back inside, and so he comes back inside and snatches it off the helmet of the defender. A really, really nice play there. He might be on Mossed on that one if it's in a game. I put it in my notes at one point. What does he have? 300 yards at this point? There was an exaggeration, but he was eating at that kind of level. He was having one hell of a day. Let's go ahead and hear from Tyreek real quick. Tyreek Hill, I should say, on his running mate, Jalen Waddle, and just how much he likes playing with his new number, uh, his, his new receiver alongside him there in the receiver's room. I'm going to tell you what, J-Dub, like, he's, he, he's faster than I thought. Like, when I first got here, I was like, okay, he's a 4-3. Because typically, like, when you see 4-3 four, four, guys, you know, they don't run as fast on a football field, but J-Dub, like, he actually he actually runs a 4-3 on the football field. There's a difference, right? So, like I said, man, I'm very excited for the season. You know, I, I can't wait to see him blossom and continue to, c- continue to move his game forward, which I know he will because he comes out here every single day and he works hard and he wants to get better, so. You know, talking to Kinjemi about the, this, the combination of the speed these two guys have together, and you can look back and say, well, there was maybe, you know, guys that were as fast as those two together. But talking about the complete package as receivers, because we know what Waddle can do and the role he played last year that really wasn't, uh, his speed wasn't really the, the top trait that he utilized last year. And then for Tyreek Hill with all the two high coverage the Chiefs saw, kind of a similar situation. So it, they're not just fast guys, they're complete receivers. And then when you hear Tyreek, who, you know, McDaniel said might be the most competitive player he's ever been around, when you hear Tyreek talk about Waddle and the approach he takes and how seriously he takes it, and you hear Waddle, which we'll get to here in just one second, about how he wants to take a look at the, the way to get better for him is to just have a better knowledge of the game and keep increasing that knowledge level. Like You're in good hands when you have guys that have that skill set and that trait, but they pair it with complete games and the mentality and desire to really to really be the dudes that they are, they are and they're becoming when it comes to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. So Jalen was asked about how to take the next step in his game. And I, I love his answer, short and sweet, but he just said the knowledge of the game, being in the room with Cheetah, Mo Sanu, you think you know everything about the game, but guys who have been playing in the league teach you a lot in the short time they've been here. The guy's an absolute sponge, and I love it. Let's go ahead and hear from Jalen on his relationship with Tyreek. Big bro, little bro? I think so. Yeah, it's um it's pretty like he like big bro. Um Big bro, little bro, kind of, kind of uh, relationship between me and Reek. Yeah, he a real high energy guy. Early in the morning, late when he tired, he gonna be the same person. So that's always good. Jalen said that the word he would use to describe McDaniel's approach to offense is aggressive, and his approach to the game. And also said this about what he likes most about this Dolphins offense. I really like how we got answers for everything. Everything a defense could do, we pretty much have answers for it. That's what I like. There's lots of options for each and everybody to make plays and share the football. So you got to like that. Let's go ahead and hear one more here from Jalen Waddle talking about what he's taken away the most from the four months here being around Tyreek Hill. Um, just his energy. He's going to be the same guy each and every day on the field, off the field. He's a high energy guy. Um, he's a great player. It's fun to see him out here making plays. Um, and then going in film, you know, he's he going to talk, you know, so it, it's pretty good. And speaking of offense, I loved this answer from Tyreek Hill about his process of going through this offense and learning this particular offense and how he thinks it can help this skill set get going quickly here in Miami. I tell you what, man, trying to learn that, that stuff, man, is probably the hardest thing I've ever been a part of in offense, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a smart guy when it comes to, like, understanding football plays and concepts. But, like, when I first got here, I'm like, Coach West, like, 
I do not understand any of this, you know, but, you know, um, once I learned the offense, you know, everything began to click, you know, the concepts and stuff like that. And it's a lot of misdirections, you know, a lot of, you know, um, play action passes. And for a speed guy like me, man, being able to run across the field freely and catch the ball and just get upfield, it's a, it's, it's a match made in heaven, baby. So with both Tyreek and Jalen, the process for them for, you know, catching a quick hitter and transitioning from receiver to runner, it happens in a blink. And your safeties better be ready to make some tackles against these guys, man. Uh, also in the receiver room, I thought Eric Ezukama had a great day today. He plucked several passes, fought through some reroutes, and they'll put him up on the line and they'll try to jam him up there. And he really does a good job getting through the contact. And he had one play that looked like the same player on tape that his Texas Tech tape showed. That's a tongue twister. The former Red Raiders secured a, a short catch uh, to the sideline, off balance, and he goes down to the ground and puts his hand on the ground to help stabilize himself. And the defender comes flying by and gets some contact on him, but he stays on his feet and turns it up and picks up a big run after the catch. Again, that's what we saw all tape, all year long, all career long on his tape there at Texas Tech. Hunter Long in the tight end room was active today. A nice combination of work in the run and pass game. He's quick, man. He, he catches the ball and gets upfield in a hurry. Onto the offensive line, three guys with reps to me stood out, with three reps out, I should say. Liam Eichenberg on one rep where his man backed out and didn't come at the quarterback, and so he helped his man to his right, got a combo block there, and once that block was secured and taken care of, he found more work and helped out his man to his left. I love that awareness, recognition, finding work. Those are big keys to you know what Liam did so well at Notre Dame, and he's showing it here with the Miami Dolphins. Connor Williams mentioned his ability to reach block and get out in space, but the anchor he showed on bull rushes like Raekwon Davis, guys up the middle of the defense, it was really impressive today. And then Austin Jackson, there was one rep where he was isolated one-on-one against Melvin Ingram, who has been very good through two days, but Jackson showed really patient feet, quick, but not in a hurry, right? You have to be quick, but don't overextend yourself. And then you had the hands and the punch to run Ingram around the arc, around the quarterback while staying on balance, just in case he tried to spin, move, redirect, go back inside. Good work from Austin Jackson there. Robert Jones had some good reps. I just noted his feet, his set, and his base. He's very powerful and really gets into that low squatted base with a wide base that helps him stay on balance. Thought Rob Hunt had some nice blocks in the running game. He's the kind of guy that has a quiet day because he's just not getting beat and you don't really notice him or take note of him in the best way possible. But then he'll deliver an awesome block. You're like, notice me now. Notice me with the way he clears a lane. It's, it's fun to watch. And frankly, of all the potential sacks we might have seen today, I thought it was a lot more coverage. And we'll get to the defense here on the other side of the break, the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield. We are brought to you by Auto Nation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Back here on the Drive Time Podcast, picking up with the defensive notes from Thursday's practice. And defensively, I would say the... The O in the offense and defense really split the first practice and half of this practice in terms of wins and losses. But the last half of Thursday's practice was a pretty damn good showing from the defense. And man, I'm so excited for Waddle and Hill on offense, but this defense looks fit and ready to fly. 
Lots of, lots of mans in this one today. I'll tell you what, man. So it began up front with Raekwon Davis, and my goodness, what a day he had. Without the benefit of tape and a bunch of very smart coaches, you know, providing input on this, I wouldn't be surprised if we came in here on Friday and he was wearing the orange jersey. After his fourth or fifth excellent play of the day where he stacked up a run and was part of that final tag off and the final kind of, you know, pile up there of, of not going to the ground, a well-earned thunderous roar. He came off the pile just, yeah, yeah, fired up about it. And then Chase Edmonds talked a little bit about the experience of today and some tough sledding. And I thought Davis was responsible for a good portion of that run defense, giving Edmonds in the running game some fits. Uh, Savon Ahmed did have some nice runs today as well. He looks pretty sharp uh, in that running backs room. Back to the D-line, Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer had their usual days of multiple reps that stand out to you on tape. Also saw them getting some extra work after practice together in the heat. Best buds out there, and I think they both really, really are ready to come out of the gates hot this year and keep playing hot like they were last season. I want to make sure we're spreading the love here because we don't want to leave guys out that made good plays. Ben Still, the UDFA from Nebraska, got some notes for a run stuff today where he came off a block and made a nice play. At the linebacker position, same deal with UDFA, DeAndre Johnson. He had a would-be sack during 11-on-11. So did Porter Gusson. In fact, he had a couple of pressures uh, in Thursday's practice. You can see the emphasis on speed and explosiveness up and down the roster. He plays with his hair on fire, does Porter Gustin. Darius Hodge in the notes on back-to-back days. He had some nice work in the running game, flashing here a bit early in camp. So is Channing Tindall, man, the rookie. Yesterday, we saw him shoot the A-gap for a tackle for loss. Today, there was a play that I think I was more impressed with, where it's an outside run, and he's you know in the middle of the formation, and he beats the back and the offensive line around the edge, tightly scrapes off of that tight end slash tackle part of the edge, and funnels the play back inside with a very hard edge, and his friends came by and made the play for him there. So at one point, Kenjemi said, man, you blink, you missed that guy. I'm like, I know, he's... <laughs> He's pretty fast. Brandon Scarlett just continues to do his thing off the edge in the run game. He gets in the note a couple of times. And then finally, I think the secondary really had the best day collectively. And it started with an absolute ridiculous play from second-year safety Javon Holland. He made a play that I just put down. He had no business making that play. Like, it was was a picture-perfect back shoulder ball from Tungavailoa to Eric Ezukama and Ezukama plucks it and looks like he's going to pull it in but he's got the hands up over the helmet where you look at your feet down and secure the ball and coming over from the far hash so what is that 35 yards and Tua threw this thing like catch rock throw balls out on target 25 yards down the field and he comes over in that amount of time 35 yards and just separates the hands and makes a hell of a play one of the best plays we've seen out here so far today so I want to go ahead and play that audio from Javon breaking that play down for me as he did after practice on Thursday uh, it's just about understanding what you do, you know what I mean? And when you know what you can do, uh, when you know the job that you're supposed to have and the assignment of the defense, and you can just react instead of have to think about it. And so that, in that, you know, I just reacted, you know, reading off the quarterback. Defense is always going to be a step behind because we're always reacting. Um, so, you know, as however I can shorten that time of reaction, I tried. And um, as you saw there, that was one of the, one of the opportunities. Man, it's kind of the same thing with him and Waddle and Phillips too, where you have these young players that are so dang good, but the way they work and their mindset has a chance to push them to, to be really, really good in this league. I want to go back to one more note here with Javon Holland, where he was asked by me once again, a clip uh, where I saw him, I think it was a like or a retweet on something Quandre Diggs, the great Seattle safety, talking about taking care of little things and managing the little things and being on top of those. Here's Javon talking about why the little things are so important to him. Uh, well, I, I'd say when we're out here, you know, in organized play and practice, going back and watching extra film on myself, really, you know, looking at the nitpicking myself, fine details. Um, like I said before, I hold myself to a high standard. 
And, uh, you know, with that, I try to get the advantage wherever I can. And I think, you know, in that process, thank you. I think in that process, you know, I find things that I need to improve on um, throughout the day and throughout the week. So I think that's part of the process with me. You know. And then his running mate, Brandon Jones, nearly secured a pass when he jumped a, a, a pass over the middle in this practice. And I believe you'll see that on his mic'd up that's going to be out, I think, on Thursday night. But he was good today, both in coverage and down around the line of scrimmage. Same with Eric Rowe. I saw him flash on a handful of checkdowns where he comes from depth and closes ground and keeps the gain to a very minimal one on those checkdown passes. Man, we are in good hands with those three safeties. Nick Needham might have had the best day, excuse me, of all the defensive backs out there today. He was awesome. Hands on footballs, good coverage, and damn near punctuated it with a pick of his own where he sits on this in-breaking route and plays through the receiver but without contacting him and almost got the pick, but it wound up being a, a pass defense. This team had 91 pass defense last year, best in football, and they looked like it today. Cater Cahoe, the UDFA from Texas A&M Commerce, had a fantastic laid-out PBU at the end of practice, and Trill Williams had a second PBU, a pick yesterday, and a nice stab on a ball today on a slant route, punching that thing out on a quick hitter. I want to go ahead and finish up the podcast here with one little nugget from new Dolphins wide receiver Muhammad Sanu talking about his experience with Mike McDaniel and what the coach brings to the Dolphins here and why he's so excited to be in Miami with his former head coach, now current head coach once again. Yeah, of course, I mean, every individual has their own way to, to connect with people. Not everybody has to be a rah-rah has to, or whatever type of guy they think he's not. Mike's who he, who he, he is who he is, and he's going to make sure he... He has his players prepared to, to play at a high level, play fast with tempo and execute, and, and that's what you need in a coach. All right, there you go. Busy, busy podcast today. Very excited to bring this one to you guys. Lots of fun notes from practice. Cool audio there from some players as well as Coach McDaniel. And if you haven't done so yet, go check out the MiamiDolphins.com notebook written by yours truly. There's some links to the photo gallery also up on MiamiDolphins.com. Some links to tweets that we put out there on social. All kinds of content for you guys throughout the course of training camp here on the podcast, the written, social, all that fun stuff. Check it all out, MiamiDolphins.com. In the meantime, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL for daily camp updates. You can follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth and OJ and our Wednesday night Twitter Spaces show every Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Check out the team YouTube channel for the media availabilities in Dolphins today. And last but not least, once again, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline, Daddy's coming home.